0: Summer. July, she thought. Summer in New York, with no shade trees or swimming holes, and the sun would be unbearably hot. The taxi turned a corner with its wheels screeching and headed south on 7th Avenue. She glanced momentarily at the back of the driver's head, then turned to gaze out the window, running her fingers nervously through her hair. A rubber band held her black hair in a long ponytail, and she decided that both the rubber band and the ponytail would have to go. Maybe she would just let her hair fall free, straight on her back with the wind blowing through it. Was there ever a breeze in New York in the summer? There had to be. New York was the same. Every place was the same, in July or September or January. And outside on 7th Avenue the people were the same, and downtown in the village they would be the same and she was just another silly little girl from the Midwest, another corn-fed bit of fluff from Indiana, making the famous pilgrimage to the big city. The cab stopped for a red light. She sat up suddenly to stare out the window at the crowds on the sidewalk, and sat back just as suddenly, forcing herself to relax. Everything would be all right. But she felt wrong somehow. Even the brown leather suitcase on the seat beside her seemed too small and too large all at once too small to hold all the clothes she would need, and too heavy for her to carry up the steps and into the apartment. "'What's wrong with me?' she wondered. "'I'll find out,' she answered herself. "'I'll find out here if I do nothing else, and if nothing's wrong I can go back to Indiana, and if something is wrong, then—' "'Then I'll stay here.' The cab turned right at another corner, and the driver said, "'You say it's Fifty-Four Barrow, right down the block here?' She nodded, then, realizing that the driver couldn't see her, she said, Yes, that's right. It seemed to her that she ought to be able to say something else, something sharp or clever. But she couldn't think of anything, so she just ran her fingers through her hair again, and in a few seconds the cab pulled to a stop at the curb. She opened the door immediately and stepped out of the cab, pulling her suitcase after her and setting it down on the sidewalk. The meter read a dollar forty-five. She gave the driver two singles and waved him away, watching the taxi move slowly down Barrow Street. Then, with a strange feeling of reluctance, she turned to look at her home. It was disappointing. Paradoxically, it was exactly as she had anticipated, and a disappointment at the same time. Her building was one of three red-brick buildings four stories tall with an iron railing running alongside the front stoop. The red-brick front looked cold, almost shabby. "'Janet Marlowe lives here,' she thought. In two minutes they would be able to put up a sign in front of the building. Not on the lawn, because there was no lawn, and the sign could say, "'Janet Marlowe lives here.' And everyone who passed by could wonder just who Janet Marlowe was, and why in hell she rated a sign." She lifted her suitcase and walked to the door, opening it and stepping up into the vestibule. There was a row of buzzers and mailboxes, each with a card, each card with a strange name. One D had no card, and she made a mental note to put one in as soon as she got a chance. Setting down the suitcase, she reached into her purse and fumbled for the key to the inner door. After a moment of panic, she found it beneath a handkerchief. She turned it in the lock. Magically, the door opened. Once again, she picked up the suitcase and carried it into the hallway, closing the door gently behind her. She paused in the hallway. It was very long and very narrow, and incredibly drab, not as she had expected it at all. She had pictured something altogether different, wide and colorful, with abstract prints hanging on the walls and some sort of oriental rug on the floor— Instead, the walls were painted a nondescript gray, and the brown carpet was monotonous and threadbare. At the same time, there was something satisfying about the hallway. It seemed to possess a comfortable anonymity, so that she could pass people there without saying hello if she wished. She could remain as much alone as she wanted to. I must be crazy, she thought. It's just a hallway, for God's sake. I don't have to pitch a tent here and live in it. She carried the heavy suitcase to a door with a large gold D on it, fished around in the purse for the other key, found it quickly this time, and opened the door...